0: Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush, and I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors.
1: You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions.
0: Now, let's get on with the show.
1: We are live. Don here with Romance Happy Hour. I am, of course, joined by Dylan Crush. She is back this week, and we're very excited to have her back. Yay! And. Dylan and I are joined by Kathy Wheeler. Um, We were going to have Liz Lincoln here as well. However, she is in the middle of a storm that knocked out her power and tornadoes and all kinds of stuff. So she could not make it today. Um, So we, Dylan has graciously offered to be our second reader um, and I'm very excited because I don't think we've heard from these books that you've got a couple books that we haven't heard from yet. So
0: yeah, yeah, the one that I'm going to read from tonight came out in December, so I haven't, I haven't done a live reading of that one. And yeah, so we'll, and I haven't practiced because this is last minute. So we'll say it, it was. It was
1: literally five minutes before we were <laughs> mm-hmm. coming. <laughs> and I was that,
0: like, that's oh, how Things happen around here, though. We just
1: roll with it, don't we? We do. Uh-huh. Um and yeah, <laughs> I mean, Dylan last week. Um. Brittany, so this is why I'm like, okay, it's great that I have, I've got COVID to our viewers right now. Um, But last week, our guest host and one of our guests both had flu. Who knows? It could have been COVID. Maybe they like transmitted through like virtually. So I'm like, yeah, it's like a, Rolling that's with not it. Good. That's we're really talking
2: it's a virus, right? A yeah. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> computer virus. Yeah, it's a yeah. virus. That's not that's not cool. If you can get a real virus from your computer, that's not good. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. So, um, but we're we're glad to have you back. And Kathy L. Wheeler, um, welcome, Kathy. Thank Why don't you. well, Dylan, tell us what you're working on, um, and anything else, and then we'll see a little bit from Kathy here, a little bit, from Kathy. Sure.
0: Yeah, I was um I was in New Orleans last time. I was there for an author. Um I mean it was kind of like a a retreat slash like small group mastermind kind of thing. Um and this is the second year that I've gone. And so it was fun, but um, but it was really um it was a lot because it's New Orleans, and so there was, yeah, we did some walking tours. I got to see like Anne Rice's house, and then we saw A place where William Faulkner wrote some books and and then we did like a badass women of New Orleans tour and so that was kind of fun so and And I can't like I couldn't I don't ask me like which women were the badass women of New Orleans because I I can't remember their names but their stories were way cool (laughs)
1: <laughs> By we, you mean you and eighty, right? Is that was she there with you? I think yeah. I thought I saw a picture of her with you. So
0: yes, 80, nice. 80 award, and I were there. Um, we went in a couple of days early, and then there were lots of authors at the. I mean, not lots. There were like eighteen of us, but there were several more authors that were at the, the thing. So the retreat. I mean kind of like a retreat sla- like we didn't write, it was more we were talking about um marketing and um you know tech stuff and all that kind of stuff. But but yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um what else? What am I working on? So I I mean I I don't know, just this still counts, right? I did release sipping seduction. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to turn off my Ooh, um blurred yeah. virtual background. It's kind of
1: making it a little bit mysterious though i know it's funny though it's
0: it's taking out his background too so you can just see evan um but so that released in december like right before christmas and so i feel like i haven't shown it as much love as i probably should have um and then i'm also working on oh thanks linda hi linda it's good to see you again um to see you here by the way and then right now I'm working on some books under my my alter egos name. I have two releases next week. And then um, and then I've got I don't know. I'm thinking about I have a book that's like finished, Dawn, but it would be the first book in a brand new series. Oh. So I'm thinking about releasing that because my next Whiskey Wars book won't be ready for a while, but But then I'm like, will that be confusing? I don't know. We'll have to maybe see if people want to weigh in on that. Because I do Um, have a book written and everything, like ready to go. But yeah, it would be the first book in a brand new series. And so we'll see. That sounds fun though. It is fun. It it is a fun book. Yeah. So we'll see. Well
1: so. We have Kathy L. Wheeler joining us. Kathy, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you're giving away, what you're reading from.
2: So I write contemporary and historical romance. Um, I'm waiting on a contract from Dragonblade. She is, they're just making one change in it. So that's due any day. So that's exciting. I haven't written for them, but I won a contest my book seven of this series when a contest that i didn't even know it was in and uh i think that she saw it the ceo saw it and reached out and so i was like okay let's you know i mean it was very exciting oh that's way cool it is way cool um and then last week i had a book bub for the marquis misstep which is like book three because there's you know the first one, which is a prequel, and then the second two, and this is the second one. So that one um, had a book, but feature deal last week, and that's what I'm going to read from. instead. So. okay,
0: awesome, Right. And you write um, for your historical books; they're under a different pen name, right? No, Kathy L. Wheeler is
2: the historical, oh, historical Mia. Yeah, okay, okay. And then Mia Augustine is the contemporary. Got it. Oh, okay. I
0: I had a mix up on which was which, but I was like, (laughs) I know that you have another pen name for one or the other, so yeah, yeah. Well, we're excited that you um, that you're able to make it tonight. No bad weather where you
2: are, right? Well, we moved
0: to the Tacoma, Seattle area
2: about six years ago. We lived in Oklahoma, so I know Uh all about that kind of stuff, and so I don't know Liz at all, at all.
0: Yeah. Have you lived in yeah. Tacoma, Dawn? I mean, that's, I that's did. the thing is always, you know, has Dawn lived where all of our guests are joining <laughs> us from? So
1: I did not live life. in Tacoma. I lived about 40 minutes away on the peninsula in Port Angeles.
0: Oh, okay. yeah.
1: Okay. Um, but my husband was born in Tacoma. Really? Well, we don't live yes.
0: in Tacoma. We actually live in Puyallup. Oh, Yeah. 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 Love it! So I always wondered like how, how to how say that. Say huh? Right, I always wondered how to say that because yeah. it always it always looks like pulley up, up. So yeah. what
2: you do is you it's like pew like uh huh, and then allop, yeah, and then, yeah. Pialip. Pialip. And then you're, you're almost making the p silent like allop, like you mm-hmm. p like that allop. Well, that's time to learn it. And every time I said it, my husband's like, "You're saying it wrong every <laughs> time." I'm like, "I think it's you." <laughs> that's where I
1: actually started writing was in Port Angeles, ah, um, and then i I wrote my first book there, and then um, joined RWA and met Debbie Maycumber and got my first publishing contract when I was there and everything. So very yeah. nice. I'm she's very nice. Isn't she so sweet? Are you in the chapter there on the peninsula they don't, or Seattle? I don't
2: have any more chapters here. But when I moved here, I joined three out of the four. And so wow. my dad used to live in Bremerton. and He passed away, but my uncle was still there. So <laughs> I know a lot of people up here. I mean, I just, I tend to just jump in. And when I start something new, I just like, what can I do? <laughs> Let me help. Please. <clears throat> well
1: Dylan should we get to hearing from you um sure it's a little early but <laughs> I'm sorry yeah no I'm about to start me. coughing so I'm like maybe I
0: should <laughs> I <know. laughs> I'm so sorry you're not feeling well no it's so really glad that you came anyways i mean you know those those are the links we'll go to for you here yeah. at romance happy hour yep. um through sickness and in health <laughs> <was for> sure. <laughs> thanks dylan all right so i'm gonna read from um gosh i know i my blurred background is not working but it is sipping seduction um this is the third book in the whiskey wars series and I'm just going to start from chapter one. Um, Just a little bit of background on the series. If you haven't read any of the books, um, there are two families in in the town. It's a small town in Tennessee called Beaver Bluff. And the two families co-own, there's three families that co-own this whiskey distillery together, but two of the families have been feuding for generations. And so, um, so the bishops and the stewards and so this is um, one of the Bishop brothers. Book one is Drinking Deep, and that's that's one of the brothers. And then the second book is um, Tasting Temptation. That's another one of the brothers. And, um, and this is the third brother. There are two, uh, one more brother and a sister. So um, chapter one, we are in Evan's point of view. Spending time in nature was supposed to be relaxing. Whoever said that had never been on a hike with my best friend Franny and her hyper-rescue mutt, who was also a failed therapy dog. Watch out! Franny raced around me in hot pursuit of Pete the dog, who'd just wrenched free from his collar and taken off after a squirrel on the trail ahead. I'd tried calling the rambunctious mutt Pete, but Franny insisted we use his full name. She was the principal of the local elementary school and had let a class of kindergartners name him after their favorite storybook character, Pete the cat. It didn't seem to matter that Pete the dog didn't look like or act like the laid-back groovy cat who played the guitar and sang about buttons. It also didn't seem to matter that Pete the dog was supposed to be a trained therapy animal. He'd gone through the program one of Franny's friends started, but hadn't quite graduated. Franny had offered to work with him over the summer, and they'd made good progress. Pete the dog had passed most of his tests with flying colors, but just couldn't resist chasing after squirrels. I shifted the day pack higher on my shoulders and increased my pace. The tightness in my calf pinched, but I ignored it. Three rounds of physical therapy still hadn't taken care of the injuries I'd sustained during my deployment. I was tired of my injury limiting me, so I pushed forward, finally catching up to Franny and Pete the dog. Can you believe him today? She tightened the collar and refastened it around the fluffy dog's neck. He was part Labrador Retriever and part Poodle and looked like a larger-than-life chocolate teddy bear. I've been feeling so sorry for him because the school's starting. You'd think he'd be grateful to get out on a hike one last time before he has to go back to the office with me. I shifted the weight off my injured leg and leaned against the trunk of a tall oak. When are you going to admit you're in over your head with that dog? Never one to back down, Franny knit her brows together. I couldn't see her eyes, but I could picture the glare she was shooting me through her dark sunglasses. What are you talking about? He's the sweetest dog ever. Until he sees a squirrel. I shook my head and turned to hide my smile. We're working on it. She wrapped the leash around her fingers and lifted her chin toward the trail. You want to keep going or are you worn out already? I'd rather eat in a mountain of dirt than let Franny think I was ready to call it quits, even though my calf was begging me to turn back. Just waiting for you. Last one at the top has to pay for pizza, Franny said, then charged forward. I pushed off the tree and followed, struggling to keep up. It wasn't just my leg giving me issues. The doctors were able to remove most of the shrapnel that had been embedded in my muscle, but there was enough left to bother me on a daily basis. They wanted to do more surgery, but I'd refused. Working at the distillery my family co-owned didn't aggrav- aggravate my injuries too much, but racing up a mountain did. Franny reached the top and stopped next to a large boulder. We'd hiked this trail dozens of times in the past, but this was my first attempt since I got back to Tennessee a couple years ago. It's official. Pieces on you tonight. She took a swig of water and passed me the bottle. Either you're going soft on me and let me win, or you're more out of shape than you want to admit. Which is it? Maybe a little bit of both. I arched a brow, then tilted the water bottle up and sucked down a few swallows. I'd known Franny since grade school. She'd understand if I told her what the doctor said, that I'd probably never get back to 100%. But with a family who'd always thought of me as the athletic one, I wasn't ready to admit that I couldn't do everything I used to. Franny laughed as she reached into her own daypack and pulled out a collapsible bowl to give Pete the dog some water. I guess that means we need to get you out on the trails more. You've been taking it too easy at work. Yeah, right. Ever since the anniversary celebration we'd hosted at the start of summer, orders for the distillery had been pouring in. As the director of production, I'd been involved in too many meetings to count about how we could increase our output. Taking it too easy at work definitely wasn't the issue. You know I'm just teasing, right? Franny said. Nodding, I shifted my gaze toward town. From this high up on the trail, I could see the small downtown of Beaver Bluff spread out before us or below us. Summer was still holding on. The warm temps had yet to give way to cooler fall nights. Soon the leaves would start to change and the hillsides would turn into a colorful display of oranges, yellows, and reds. I drew in a deep breath, filling my lungs with the earthy scent of the woods. Franny pulled out her phone and came over to stand next to me. We need a picture. I think the last one we got was a couple of months ago at the distillery anniversary party. You and your pictures. I might tease, but I still wrapped my arm around her shoulder and grinned. Will you take it? Your arms are longer. Plus, I can't hold on to Pete the dog's leash and snap a picture at the same time. I took her phone and held it out in front of us, making sure to fit the dog into the frame before capturing the image. Send me a copy. Of course. She took her phone back and sent the picture via text while I turned back to take in the view. What are you thinking about? seems like your mind is a million miles away today. No, I'm just thinking about it being the last day of summer. Remember when we were kids and we'd try to fit everything we'd missed over the whole summer into the last weekend before school started? I still couldn't believe Franny had gone on to become the principal of the elementary school we'd attended. She'd always wanted to be a teacher, but I couldn't wrap my head around her working in the office where I spent so much time trying to talk my way out of trouble. Those were the days. Look at us now. We're all grown up. I let my chin drop. Sure doesn't feel that way, does it? What do you mean? I always thought I'd feel more mature when I got older. Wiser, I guess. I shrugged my shoulders, not sure how to put the feelings swirling around inside my gut into words. I'd say you're wiser. You're not still pulling pranks with your brothers and getting sent to the principal's office. She tried to lighten the mood with one of her smiles. Yeah, I suppose. Hey. Franny's fingers rested on my arm. This sounds serious. What's going on? Nothing. I couldn't find words to explain the hollowness that had taken up resonance inside me. I didn't have anything obvious to complain about. With an honorable discharge from the army behind me, I'd returned home to work at the whiskey distillery my family co-owned with two other families. I liked my job and was surrounded by people who'd known me all my life. My parents were still married and got everyone together at least a couple of times a month. On the surface, I had a lot to be grateful for. There were a hell of a lot of people in this world who actually had a reason to feel sorry for themselves. I'd met a lot of them when I was stationed in Afghanistan, but still, I felt unsettled. Are you sure there's not something bothering you? Franny tilted her head and eyed me over the rim of her shades. Her dark blue eyes didn't miss a thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Forcing a smile, I turned back to face the trail. I know I owe you pizza, but how about we sweeten the bet and add on dessert? Last one to the bottom has to treat for ice cream. You're on. Franny tucked her phone back into her pocket while I started down the trail. Didn't matter if I won or lost. Spending time with her was all I wanted out of our bed. It had always been that way with Franny, and she had no idea. I had no plans to tell her how I felt either. Not until I got back to 100%. The last thing she needed was someone else to take care of. So I can stop there, or I can read more. What do you think, Dawn? I can't hear you, Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> read more. Read more.
1: Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. just a little,
0: just a little bit. Five, five or two. All minutes. right. I was gonna say I didn't time myself when I started. Okay, so I'll start on the next chapter, well, but and in... Linda wants more too, apparently. Okay, well, I mean, you know, if Linda wants more, I was gonna say the next chapter is a little bit longer. Um, all right, I'll I'll just read a few minutes of it, but I'm not really getting into the romancy part yet, though. Um, oh, you know, there's some better parts. I totally should have looked into this, Dawn. You know, when you said there was a good part.
1: Yeah, we have three minutes till we got to be there. Can you read something? <laughs> what? I said, when I said, when I said oh, we oh. Have three minutes that we're going to be there, can you read something? You totally yes, 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 time. yes,
0: yes. Um, no, I don't know. I can't pick a good part. Um, all right, I'll just, I'll just start on the next chapter, but yeah, there's a lot more fun stuff that happens, but it's not until a little bit later. Okay. Chapter two is Franny's POV. Ever since I was a little girl, I'd always felt the same on the first day of school. Butterflies filled my belly and beat their wings against the walls of my chest. Nerves gave way to anticipation as I stood by the front doors of Beaver Bluff Elementary with Pete the dog by my side. Students flowed past us in a steady stream, pausing to pat the dog on the head or respond to my good morning. Once the first bell rang, I herded the stragglers into the building and entered the office. A huge bouquet of fall colored flowers sat on my desk. Pete the dog headed straight toward them and jumped up to put his front paws on my desk and stick his nose into the arrangement. Get down from there! I tugged on his leash and he set all four paws back on the ground. Where did those come from? There's a card, Charisse said. She was the school counselor and over the past few years had become one of my best friends. And how do you know that? I crossed to my desk and looked for some sort of card. Pete the dog let out a huge sigh then turned in circles before plopping down into the doggy bed next to my desk. I was here when the florist dropped them off. She leaned against the doorway, her arms crossed over her chest. You've been holding out on me. Are you seeing someone? Heat flushed my cheeks as I pulled the small card from an envelope with my name scrawled across the front. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal? How many men have you dated in the past five years? Charisse laughed as she reached for the card. None. Zero. Zilch. That's how many. I whipped around, blocking her attempt. That's why it's not a big deal. We're not even dating, really. No. Her eyes went wide and she grabbed my hand. Don't tell me you and Evan have finally become friends with benefits. I gasped. It wasn't that the thought had never entered my mind, but Evan would never be interested in me as more than a friend. Don't be ridiculous. Fine. Then who are the flowers from? If you let me read the card, I can find out. I tugged my hand away from hers and glanced at the card. I hope you have a good first day back at school, Andrew. My lips spread into a soft smile and I held the card against my chest. Well, Therese pressed, they're from a friend. "'Friends don't order big-ass bouquets for each other.' She shook her head, not buying my explanation for a second. "'That's not true. When you won the award for School Counselor of the Year, I see you flowers.' Knowing she wouldn't agree that was the same at all, I rounded my desk and slipped the card into the top drawer. "'Don't try to pull that crap with me. You've got a guy, and if you don't tell me who it is, I'm going to start asking around. Someone has to know something. This town's way too small to be able to keep a secret this juicy.' Charisse arched an eyebrow. She knew she had me. I'd rather die a thousand deaths than have my private life become a hot topic of conversation around Beaver Bluff. People talked talked about me enough already. I was constantly fielding questions about why a nice girl like me hadn't settled down yet. The rest of the world might have progressed into the 21st century, but sometimes it seemed like Beaver Bluff had been stuck in the 1950s. Fine. I moved closer, lowering my voice. You can't tell a single soul, though, do you promise? Her eyes lit up with anticipation. Of course. Say it. Though I trusted Charisse more than anyone else, anyone except Evan, I still needed to hear her say the words out loud. I promise to keep your secret. She mimed, locking her lips and tossing the key over her shoulder. Now spill. I closed the door to my office, shutting out the curious looks from the school's attendance clerk. It's new. We met over the summer at the Watermelon Festival in Bordent. Remember, I begged you to go with me, but you had something more important to do. It was my mom and dad's 35th wedding anniversary dinner. Charisse's eyes widened. You can't hold that against me. I rolled my eyes. Right. What it was doesn't matter. What matters is I went by myself and ended up hanging out with this guy. And Charisse sat down at the small round table in my office. Tell me everything. I took the seat across from her. He was nice. We paired up for the watermelon seed spitting contest, and he asked if he could call me. Her brows furrowed with disappointment. There's got to be more. A man doesn't send flowers like that if all you did was spit seeds together. We met up for a couple of hikes. Then I saw him again in Asheville when I took my dad on that weekend trip to tour the Biltmore. Charisse bounced in her chair. Now we're getting somewhere. You had a weekend fling with him. Who is he? No weekend fling. Dad and I stayed with my cousin, and he was in a hotel. We just happen to be in the same place at the same time. What's wrong with them? The expression on her face said it all. Brows drawn, lips twisted into a grimace. She knew me well enough to know I was hiding something. Nothing's wrong with them. We're taking things slow. Honey, you take things any slower and your hoo-ha is going to have so many cobwebs blocking the entrance, you'll never be able to have a man. Charisse, keep your voice down. We're at school. I ground my molars together. She wouldn't give up until I told her everything. Charisse had the tenacity of a coonhound who'd cornered a rabbit and wouldn't give up. If you tell me what's going on with you and Mr. Flowers, I wouldn't get so worked up. She crossed her arms over her chest and glared at me. Last chance, Masterson. You want me to stop there? Yeah, that's good. I love it. Hoo-ha. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's actually what's I the I didn't I didn't even have to, you know, like censor myself. That's actually what's in the book.
1: Nice. Okay. Good. (laughs)
0: Adorable. Um,
1: We did have a couple questions from Linda and then I had a couple that I jotted down. Okay. So let's pop up one here. What kind of research do you do? And how long do you spend researching before
0: beginning a book? Um So I'll, I'll answer first, but then Kathy, I think you need to answer this too. And I'm sure your answer will be different because if you're writing historicals, um, but for me, I mean, it, it kind of depends. Um, and, and I know Linda knows about my whiskey wars books, but you know, for some books it's, it's a lot of research for some, you know, even though they're contemporary, um, but for some, it's not very much at all. Um, it just kind of depends if it's like for the whiskey wars books, um, I really enjoyed the research. I know we've talked about that before on the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, having to tour whiskey distilleries and um, sample whiskey to, you know, figure out how it's made and all that good stuff. That was really not a hardship. Um, and so I'd say, you know, I spent like several months, but it, it wasn't like I did a bunch of research when we were on a family trip and we drove through um, like. Nashville and, and, um, you know, all along there in Tennessee and Kentucky where they have the whiskey trail and all that. And so, you know, we, we were doing that when we were on a family trip, but you know, that was months before I started writing the book. So I just knew that we were going to be in the area, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it depends, you know, some of the shorts that I write, I might just do a little bit of research on, you know, what kind of job the hero or heroine have, or, um, it just depends. Some of them are, are a lot more intense than others, but I'm sure it's nothing like, um, Kathy and historical. So how much research do you do before you start a book, Kathy? Before I start is, you know,
2: I kind of go with my gut for a lot of it. And then I'll run across something I need to know, like maybe, um, what, kind of weather for Hyde Park or the social hour a lot of stuff you do pick up just from reading right but for the most part I kind of research as I go I am not a scholar on it I don't pretend to be I believe there's kind of a modern twist to my historicals in the sense the heroines aren't like this you know (laughs) like they used to be and Mm -hmm. I think the historical industry itself we are flailing a little bit because the people who read those are older if you Mm -hmm. do a facebook ad and you see that your long thing is 65 plus but we know Mm -hmm. other people read them they just don't realize that you have these same tropes that contemporaries have Mm -hmm. and they've changed through the years but as far as research it's basically I research as I go mm-hmm. and also well, and
0: I I think, think I have to do it, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think um, the internet has made things, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't writing books or anything before the internet, but I, I can only imagine, you know, having to do research and while well, you're writing so many years ago, you know, I mean, you have to like go to the library and check out a book or, or find you know maybe send a letter to someone to see you know if they could answer you and and um, I feel like we're really really lucky that we have access to so much information I mean even if I like to um, set a lot of my books in fictional towns because you know I I don't want to ever get well most of them are small towns so that makes sense anyways but you know, I I have never really lived in a big city or anything like that. You know, it's like I'm afraid if I tried to set a book in, you know, like New York or some something, somebody'd say, you know, like, there's no Starbucks on that corner or, you know, things like that. And so so yeah, but even like Google Maps and it it's just it's nice how how much information it seems
2: like New York City is one of the easiest places to say something, right? <laughs> Especially if you belong to RWA and you would go to their conferences. And <laughs> I read a book by Kara Conley who did that and she listed like all these places. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Okay. And I think the hero was from the hill country in Texas. And I lived <laughs> in, in Marfa, Texas at one time. And of course I grew up in Dallas. But it's just so funny. But then she went over to France and even did Paris and even a place outside Paris. And I hadn't been to the place outside Paris, but I mm-hmm. went to Paris. So I think it's just fun. You can take a little bit of liberty.
1: Yeah. Yep. I was actually, this kind of spins off one of my questions that I jotted down was, do you always use fictional towns? And how do you decide your name for them? For the towns, both of you.
0: um i think most of the time i use fictional towns because i like being able to you know create what what my characters need and and what the story calls for and things like that Um, but not always i do have a a book that's set in chicago um getting lucky in love that's one that um that was part of the love vixen series and then I also have one where they went on a road trip. And so, you know, a lot of the the sites in that book, um, all I want to do is you, um, a lot of the the places in that book are real because, and, and that was a lot of research trying to figure out like, how long does it take to drive from here to here? Or how long does it take to fly from here to here? And, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's easier for me when I set them in, in a fictional town just because it gives me more control try yeah, figuring out really... that
2: travel stuff for mm-hmm. horse and carriage right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i'll use google maps and i will put it on bicycle oh and then I've that makes a sense class. yeah I'll, i've taken a class and then i would um and then they gave us miles per hour what kind of roads you know mm-hmm. ruts in the roads compared to was it winter was it summer was it you know raining all the time of course England it rains a lot but still mm-hmm. you have your rainier seasons but yeah that that's that's hard to do I don't really mm-hmm. use many fictional towns I I usually have some place over there try not to use real title names right you have to be careful of that but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But as far as fictional towns, it sets, and I try to do the Google searches and look at the mm-hmm. pictures people have posted on the landscape and that sort of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, <laughs> That's really cute, Dylan. It's pretty cute.
0: Oh, the names, though. Um, I mean, of course, the Whiskey Wars series takes place in Beaver Bluff, and that's a nod to our... Long-standing inside joke about beavers, so I, I do like naming my towns something funny. Yeah, so I just wanted to point go. it out that you brought up the beavers this time. Yeah, yeah. well, I, because because she asked about town names, and yeah, I well, gotta work I it in that. there somewhere. Yeah,
1: I, I actually, when I was getting sick and I was like, had the chills. I, I was looking for my robe and I couldn't find it. And the only thing I could f- find was my Bucky onesie. <laughs> and I stared at it forever. And I thought this would be really cool to snuggle in right now. And then I thought, but I don't want to give it all COVID up.
0: <laughs> so, oh, well, and if you're like me, then you would get hot. And then <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Too hot. Too cold. But I I, I I probably stared at it for a good couple of minutes trying to decide if I was going to wear Bucky to snuggle with while I was sitting here sick. <laughs> Um and then I'm um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> How did you decide to write in your genre?
0: Do you want to answer that one first, Kathy? I started out in contemporary
2: because I couldn't find the story to write the historical that I left. I did write a Cinderella series that's Sweet where her she fits one of the sisters. So that one was easy. You didn't have to follow all the rules for historical romance right um but then one time and this is a true story i was watching espn because i'm a sports person and tiger woods had a wreck outside his house he hit that gas meter and then it all came out of all those women that mm-hmm. he'd been having affairs with sadly um but i was like. He offered to pay his wife to stay with him. And I was like, did he really just say that? And and I'm like, that would be a great historical novel. And the reason is because women couldn't own property, mm-hmm. their own property. And so that mm-hmm. was the Earl's Error, which was my initial first book. And it was written years ago. And then I started writing the second one, third, and fourth on um, down the line. And then somebody said, or the editor said, we really need to, to know more about how they met. And I'm like, then I talked to this girl, Monica Murphy, you might know who she is, but she I said, I have this series. I know this is the one. And she goes, write a prequel and put a chapter." I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> so that's how my series came out.
1: That's fun. I always like hearing that. I love how, Random facts about things. I write American historical and uh, just yeah. random facts about history and just things in general. Just give my ideas. Are they
2: Western historical? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Are they set in Colorado? No, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm from. I I live here in Montana. Okay. Um. Yep, Montana girl. Well, um, we are up time for you and. Needing to see you read for, to us. So okay. I'm going to pop you up here. If you need to set anything up, feel free. Let's
2: see. Where my little, we went. Here we go. I did find it. So basically, the story is a takeoff. Uh, she's best friends with the heroine and the Earl's Heir. And her husband was a horrid, horrid man. He gets killed in book one. And that was probably a very, very, it was a good thing. But she is a widow with two young girls and she, that worries her. And this is a second chance love story. Basically, she poured a cup with a dash of cream and handed it over her fingers, brushing his, sending a firestorm of sensations racing through her veins. A sudden grin split his perfectly formed lips. She could have kicked herself. That she remembered how he drank his tea gained him a distinct advantage, as if he he didn't have enough over her. He set the cup aside and caught her unprepared, tugging her onto his lap. It did not escape her notice in how careful he was with her wrist. I've missed you, he whispered. His lips brushed hers, warm and soft, sweet nostalgic, each bringing to the forefront how very conflicted her feelings were. This man had been her first love. He'd been the one to awaken the passion buried deep within. He'd been the one to quell the incessant criticism she'd grown up with. Virginia, young ladies do not laugh loudly. Young ladies do not consume large bites. Young ladies do not express excessive emotion. Dear heavens, you'll disgrace us all. Jenny shut her eyes, wishing she could shut out the criticisms and memories as easily. His fingers moved across her forehead, and before she realized it, he parted her hair, his other hand framed her jaw, immobilizing her at the horror of what he looked at. Rather than saying anything, he laid his lips on the deep scar where her hair no longer grew. Mortified, Mortified, she tore out of his holes, stumbled to her feet. Her leg hit the table, sending her cup teetering to the floor. How dare you? Her voice didn't come out indignant as she'd intended. No, it came out strangled and tearful and breathless, blasted off. Impatience flashed from him, but he let out a resigned sigh, his arms falling to his side. After a long moment, his expression turned serious. He stared her down, His brow, his brows meeting his mouth a full frown. You're attending Griston's party in the country? Are you sure you're up for such an event? You haven't left this house in almost a year, and now you are flitting from place to place with no care for your reputation. My rep, she pointed to the door, out. I'm not leaving. I've waited months to have you to myself, though God knows why. He snagged a sandwich from the nearby tray and fell against the back of his chair. What was that man doing here anyway? that is none of your concern it damn sure is what of it he arrived unannounced just like someone else i know she hated how petulant she sounded but then nothing was going right for her that morning brock popped a second triangle into his mouth he was certainly making himself at home sitting back legs outstretched probably coming to claim the homestead he said mouth half full his words struck Jenny in the chest with the force of a wooden mallet. Dear heavens, you may be right. Don't worry, you won't be living here long anyway once we're married. Shock rendered her speechless, the utter nerve. He pulled his legs in and leaned forward, reaching out with a long, elegant finger. He tipped her lower jaw shut. She snatched her head back. I'm not marrying you. You had your shot, remember? I'm not marrying anyone ever. You need protecting. Your gr- your girls need protecting, and I have every intention of, of seeing them protected. Outrage colored her vision in a brilliant shade of scarlet, the color of blood depicted in paintings of war. We don't need you. I'm going to teach my daughters how to protect themselves. Sudden silence boomed throughout the morning room. She'd stunned him. His shock would have had her falling to the floor in gales should have had her falling to the floor in gales of laughter, but she knew all too well how headstrong this man was. He'd been her downfall once before. Never again, she bowed. How do you expect your t- girls to teach them to defend themselves, he sputtered. You couldn't even protect yourself. His voice likely reached the rafters. Her hand flew an automatic response that, should, that would have landed a soft solid crack against his cheek, but for his reflex that snagged her right wrist in mid-motion. His eyes glittered with his fury, his nostrils flaring. How dare you, she bit out through gritted teeth. Ever the gentleman, he released her the minute she jerked her hand. Darling, he said gently, girls are not taught to fight. Perhaps they should be. She plopped down on the settee, her hand this time catching the edge of the tray that held the sandwiches. What the devil was wrong with her? Again, Brock's quick reflexes saved the moment rather than the tray. But her cup tottered and hit the floor a second time, rolling to a stop near the toe of her slipper. With the patience that surprised her, he scooped her up, scooped up her fallen cup and set it on its saucer. I don't mean to undermine your idea. It's a good one, but he took in a deep breath as if to gain time. How do you propose to manage this improbable task? Her fingers twisted in her lap, another sign of his advantage. She stilled her fingers and reached for a sandwich. I'll manage. I have no wish for my daughters to end up at some wicked man's mercy. It gave her a pained look. She ignored it. Regardless, it's none of your affair. In a half of temper, she tossed her head. I think it's time you left. I have no wish to discuss the matter any longer. His face contorted into a mask of helpless aggravation. Nothing irked Lord Brockway more than being out of control. She'd gained the upper hand and she reveled in it. Jenny swallowed back the surge of satisfaction, the first she'd experienced in what felt like her entire year of mourning. Perhaps in an entire decade since the day the Marquis of Brockway had abandoned her to the wrath of her parents after promising himself to her, to her future to their future. The minute he'd walked away, the outcome of her fate had been sealed. Again, she had to squash the pain in her heart, recollecting his promise to return to her with no information for his leaving. Her parents had managed to marry her off to Mosley within a mere 10 days. Right then, her life had stopped. They would have me to protect them, he said softly. You, the shrill of her own surprise, stung her ears. And who was there when Maudsley left me for dead on my bedroom floor? Devastation seared his features. Still seated, Ginny swiveled her body in the opposite direction. Her heart crushed with guilt. It was true that Brock hadn't been there to stop the blows, but she hadn't been his responsibility at that time, and yet he had put himself in peril to save her life. She dropped her head. Forgive me, I, I shouldn't have said such a thing. Her hairline tingled. Like an itch that wouldn't go away. She brushed her fingers across it. The quiet was palpable before he spoke. What sort of things are you planning to teach them? She raised her gaze, gauging the sincerity of his question. His expression showed concerned curiosity rather than sarcasm or disdain. Jenny tossed the crumbled remnants of of the sandwich she'd mutilated on a plate and poured a dash of more tea, forgetting the liquid that now soaked the carpets, desperately wishing for brandy. No one had ever asked her such a thing. Of course, Lorelai was the only person to whom she'd mentioned her half-cracked idea. Well, for starters, I i might advise them to watch out for strangers, perhaps explain how to be aware of others when we take to the park, things of that nature. Her spoon tinged against her cup. At some point, i I would... She stopped, knowing he was not going to be so amiable to the rest. She inhaled deep. I would like them to learn escape measures. Escape measures? Hackles raised. She went on the defense, steeled her spine. I told you this is none of your business. She took a drink of her tea and frowned, dropped in a lump of sugar and splashed milk. He sealed the cup in her trembling hands. You've already added four lumps of sugar. His chest puffed out as if he was holding back a string of curses. He leaned back into his chair and let out a long, held breath in a calm, steady stream. Your scheme will never work, you know. They are girls, very young girls.
1: woo
0: Yeah. There was a lot of uh, conflict and tension in in that scene. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i got the most interesting review this past week like i said what well, this book was had a book bug last week so of course a lot of people have been reading it but somebody wrote a fantastic when i say fantastic review i wouldn't call it exactly well it was just amazing because she said it may be old but it's still true today. And she talked about how difficult the story was and how um, everybody needed to read it. And that she thought it was just really good in that sense. Wasn't a very long review, but it was
0: just. Isn't isn't that what we like, you know, live for? Um... Yeah. I mean you can be having you know like the worst day and then you know and we'll see like a review come across that was just like this book was exactly what I needed today you know and it's like oh yeah and it it deals
2: with the heavy it it deals with the heavy subject but her ex-husband was very abusive he did save her from that and but she wouldn't look she wouldn't she won't given the time of day, this is only like in chapter two, maybe three, I think that this happened. And what I love about this story is these two young girls. They're like five and eight, something like that. The eight-year-old is just old as time. She does not smile. She doesn't get her dress dirty. She just, she... treats (laughs) treats <laughs> she treats the daughter the sister like she's the mother mm-hmm. and then the mother has to say i'm sitting right here mm-hmm. you are not her mother even though it was kind of intended that way during the marriage because it drew the attention to herself rather than to her daughters from the husband so. mm-hmm. and then the young little girl that's like oh, i want to be a pirate <laughs> you know so she is all her her age of five just just mm-hmm. like a five-year-old be. so
0: mm-hmm. do you write a lot of kids into your books you know it's shocking but I kind of do
2: <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> I do yeah
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah I have one story in this series where there's a little boy who is running and he runs up to the heroine in the park and said mama mama and she's like start to say what but then she sees this man coming after the little boy mm. and so there's a teeny bit of twist on that little boy too so. mm-hmm. yeah that was pretty fun
0: yeah i i mean sometimes in romance you know like the kids don't don't have um you know, like a huge, I mean, they have a, can have a a big part, but not like a huge part because, you know, obviously the, you know, it's romance. So the main focus is the romance between, you know, the main characters, whatever. But um, but yeah, I do have fun sometimes writing kids into my books too.
2: And it's fun to not make them be little kids. (laughs) Right now I'm working in a story where the heroine got hired as a governess and she's not a governess. And there's a boy in it. And so in that particular series, this is 20 years before the next book. Okay. And in this one, there's a 10-year-old boy who wants to go to school, but he can't. He's too young because you had to be 13. His brother, who is um, heir to the um, title, Mm
0: -hmm. is already
2: at school. So he's very upset about that. Mm-hmm. Well, he has an, another, a baby brother, and there's all these, it's just crazy what I did, but you don't find out parts of this until book two, but in this mm-hmm. book, he he's taking care of his infant baby brother, and the uncle is like, but... There's a wet nurse. Well, the wet nurse is a drunkard, so so there's that. <laughs> and so, but then the, you know, he's like, you, you're, you're only ten years old, and he's mm-hmm. like, Papa gave him to me, to take yeah. care of, and that it's just so fun because this kid is just incredibly smart, mm-hmm. and the heroin doesn't want to be left alone with children by any stretch because Mm -hmm. she's got a past of something and it's just it's fun and she's showing Mm -hmm. him how to she 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 said well what kind of subjects do you like chemistry i'm gonna have a laboratory so she Mm -hmm. asks him and here's some research for you if he um if he'd ever heard of elizabeth Fulham, because she studied chemistry and he's like you're banning me. Women don't study chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, well, i beg back to differ. She wrote a book mm-hmm. on her findings. So mm-hmm. there's that. But then right before she, you know, the kid leaves the scene. And at the end of the scene, the hero who is the brother to the Earl, mm-hmm. says something like she's going to take a walk. And this is set up in Northumberland where it's cold and windy and there's cliffs. And she said, uh, he said, he's, he he doesn't want her to do it, but he can't really tell her, no, you need to watch out. She said, well, apparently children aren't the only men in this household who don't realize women
0: have a brain. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a fun sentence. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do like... Um a lot of the authors that we've had on the show who write historical books, you know, their heroines do have a lot of agency. So they're, they're not, you know, like the historicals that, that I remember reading, you know, back when I would ride my bike to the used bookstore in the summers when I was little and, and would pick up all of the, the books with Fabio on the cover and,
2: and, and those was you,
0: and like all this stuff just happened to them. But yeah, yeah. The historicals yeah. that people are writing today, they definitely the, the heroines have a lot more agency. So I have I think
2: a question that, for you, both. that's if you when sure. you're writing stories, you know, you have a, a bunch of stories. Do you know, you know, every other has their own pattern. You can find it when you read through a whole series or set of books from a specific author do you know what your actual theme message is for your stories
0: Mm, that's a good question
2: yeah i know sometimes
0: when you think about that you know sometimes it's easier if readers point it out Mm -hmm. um i've heard people say that but do you know what yours would be
2: oh i'm sorry don go ahead
1: yeah i don't i don't know what mine is other than the strong female You know, Mm
2: -hmm. strong heroine, an alpha male. Yeah. What about you, happy. Sorry, Dylan. I I I, I figured mine out. It was like if I write the tagline for my stuff, it's like uh, women who save themselves, but the heroes better be there to catch them after the fact, (laughs) because that's what happens. I noticed okay. it in my contemporary, and I noticed it in my historical. Something will happen, and it's the women who save themselves. I even have one story, and that's the one with the, two, the little boy, um, where the heroine ends up saving. She gets thrown in this warehouse, uh, and there's another man there, and she has to save him, too. So I only just figured that out oh, a couple of weeks ago.
0: well and i think when you when you look at i mean there's just recurring themes in in a lot of you know when you look at one one author's kind of like collection or backlist or whatever yeah it seems like there are recurring themes that that come up i mean mine my books have a lot of um family in them but yeah i think i mean the main thing is like love conquers all and which I I suppose is, you know, fairly common when you're talking about romance books, but but yeah. um, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. We have one more question. Yeah, let's do it. We probably should do it before the end of the show. Sure. What other authors are your friends? Are you friends with and how do they help you become a better writer? What would you say,
2: Kathy? Well, I ran the NRCA for four years, so I know a lot of people and I know a lot of authors. Um, but Amanda McCabe, who writes historical, she and I became real good friends back in 2010. Mm-hmm. And she does make me a better writer. I can ask her questions you know, when I'm stunned, but you know, I also have some other group of friends because we were in the Oklahoma Romance Writers, and there were four of us who would go to this martini lounge every Friday (laughs) night. I mean, we spent a lot of money, but we're all sitting there drinking and talking. My husband's like, you need to keep doing that because it was just really good for the writer thing and learning Mm -hmm. what was going on in the industry. Of the four of us, I was number three in the rank of, of where I was writing. You had Amanda, who double read a nominee, still mm-hmm. writes traditional. Uh, Alicia Dean, she was mass marketed on one book, but she has a bunch of other books. And then me, and I didn't get published till 2012. But anyway, it was just really fun. And we decided when we we're drinking one night that we should write a series and and set this the place was fantastic it had this real ambiance and so Mm -hmm. we created a 20s series where we would each write these four girls run away from england to new york uh 1924 because one of the girls was a lawyer and she wanted the election in there okay calvin coolidge was was, the got nominated or got Mm -hmm. elected right um so that was really fun and then we did a 40s story and they were offspring of the 20s okay and we yep. didn't end up doing our 30s 40s 50s mm-hmm. uh, 70s like we planned two of us moved away so it was fun
0: it's amazing what kind of ideas come up from from some of those get-togethers yep <laughs> <laughs> especially when there are martinis involved right yep
2: yep <laughs> that's right <laughs>
0: They are useful drinks. <laughs> yep. How about you, Don? What authors are you friends with and how do they help you? I'm friends with you, Dylan. Yes, you are. <laughs> and we although, started romance at the Although, you know, I will say, like, I feel like the only time I actually get to talk to you is usually like a few minutes before we go live for this show. Because know. you're so darn busy with everything. I know. It's crazy. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to... to narrow
1: it down so i can slow down Yep.
2: yeah
1: what about you
0: um i mean i have have different groups of of authors that have kind of sprung up from you know like maybe we attended a conference together or um maybe we were in a collaboration together or you know things like that but um and i i feel like you know i i kind of there are certain people who i know that are definitely like if i have a plotting question you know i know like oh this person is who i need to ask about this or you know if i have a question about how to do something on you know uploading my books or something like that i'm like oh this i know this person's really good at tech stuff and so so yeah i would say um I don't know. I I rely on a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of different people. It's uh, a village, right? I mean, yeah.
2: it's hard work.
0: But I think that's also one of the things that is really challenging. The The romance community, I'd say in general, is really welcoming and really warm. And there's so much information out there and so many people willing to share information and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's also a little overwhelming because they're are so many people um who are writing romance and stuff that when you find a group that you know you know that you can count on and um and rely on and that you know they're they they have good information that they're sharing and stuff like that i i think um those people are really valuable it's true to me
2: yeah
1: same here so yep yep well we are over time well barely but we're over time so we're for the usual uh, for <laughs> usual yeah. yeah well thank you so much Kathy for for joining us tonight and Linda <laughs> um and we will be back in two Thursdays um with some new guests and uh well, Kathy what are, yes. what are you giving away again real quick yeah
2: this is the marquis and the step it's an older cover but it is the book and that's oh yeah awesome
0: Great. awesome all right we'll, we'll, we will we'll circle back with Liz and make sure she didn't blow away too yeah exactly.
1: yep. and she's still giving away she's still going to do her giveaway she said oh, so
0: okay Yep.
2: awesome all
1: right well we will see you all next week in two weeks to you know the second Thursday of this month this is where I'm at
0: <laughs> right. I hope you feel better Dawn thank you yeah all right, yeah. All right, all right. We'll
1: See you later. See you next time.
0: Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.